Welcome to Story Life.、Uh, this is a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers. One of them is myself. My name is Clinton Cornwell, head of the film program at Tennessee State University, and have、uh, directed two feature films and a number of short films and kind of do everything in the film industry. And I'm here with my co host. Hi, I'm Alan C. Gardner.、Uh, this is episode 10, which focuses on pre production of a feature film. And balancing being an actor director. A little quick context we were recording this intro and the concluding outro、uh, circa now, but the main episode was recorded in September 2020. We started recording those back then just whenever we had a chance, and we are now excited to finally be sharing these candid conversations with you folks. And before we get to the episode, just wanted to let you all know that Alan and myself are actually creative coaches and consultants. If you need any artistic support, we love doing that stuff. We're happy to help you out with any part of your process. And you can hit us up for a free 30 minute consultation. We are storylife at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. All right, here we go. Let's dive in. Friend, how are you? <laughs> Good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, I mean, you know, I'm in the pre production shit right now, which is always sort of a somewhat uncomfortable f- place to be. But sure. What are you about to dive into? I think the last time we talked, actually, I asked about acting in something that I was directing. That idea was just supposed to be a short, but then I started developing that idea and I just sort of realized there was a lot of material there. And then I started thinking about the logistics and I was like, well, it's really not. That much more work to make this into a feature versus a short. So I just decided to make a feature. Cool. <laughs> so nice. Our working title is A Journal of Plague and Blood. And it's about a couple who are kind of like just doing video journals of themselves during COVID quarantine, the first couple months. And they move in together in a cabin in the woods. They've only been dating a short amount of time. And sort of as time goes on, they both kind of become a bit more insane and their relationship kind of begins to fall apart and they begin sort of tormenting and do ho- doing horrible things to each other in horror movie fashion. So cool. Yeah, it just, I wasn't expecting to make this movie really, but it all just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if it works this way for you, but for me, it's like when I see that window open of how I can make a project and, and do it quickly, I'm like, I just I run right through that window. And、cool. that's kind of what happened with this thing. Yeah, I decided to make it about a month ago, and、uh, day one of production is basically Friday. And we're going to be, you know, we're going to be shooting from Friday to the 22nd of September. And then、okay. I'll have another feature film done. That's awesome. All right. So. Few questions. So you start shooting on Friday. Friday is the wait, what is today? Friday's the fourth. How many shoot? Yeah. So how many, and you wrap on the 22nd, but how many shoot dates? Shoot days are in there. Is it like five days a week, or what are you guys doing? A minimum of 10, but we're, we're, we're trying to cr- keep a lot of flexibility in the schedule. We could do as many as,、uh, I think, 14 days, but we're aiming to do just 10, you know, and everybody's working on just ownership、uh, pieces of the film. So great. And it's an extremely small team. Just me, a producer,、uh, my co lead slash co director, Sophia, and our DP. That's the whole team, basically. And then we have a, we have a special effects makeup person doing some spot duty.、Uh, but because the team's so small, we can, you know, kind of do things at our own whims, basically, you know, because you don't have to move an entire production. And almost the entire thing happens in one location, which is the cabin that they're staying in. 
or the surrounding areas. So yeah, it makes it very easy to shoot, and uh, it's a found footage kind of style, which kind of, which you know comes with some caveats for sure. But but overall, makes makes the small production scale I think more of an asset than sure. uh, a liability. So that's something yeah. I haven't uh, I've thought about doing like a found footage style movie at some point, but I haven't I haven't thought about it too much. Like oh, it'd be a cool. I'd like to do one at some point, I think. Um, it, it all just comes down to, like, if I come up with what I feel is, like, the right concept for it, you know? It's weird because, like, I had reflected upon that maybe two or three months ago about how I really liked found footage horror films. And, you know, I've been sort of wanting to do more horror films. And I'm like, well, I should do a found footage horror film. But then I started thinking of ideas. And I was like, I can't think of anything that I would want to do. But, right. you know, I guess that seed was planted in my mind there. And this idea is sort of a synthesis of several other ideas that I've already had in the past. And it's kind of like smooshing all that together with the found footage and then, you know, a little sprinkling of COVID element on top. Although, honestly, I think this idea has enough merit on its own that it doesn't really need the COVID aspects. It's just, to me, it's like you might as well lean into the the world in which we live a little bit. So is it the producer running, how are you guys running sound? Yeah, the producer is going to be monitoring, but they just came out with this uh, technology over the last year, a new file type for sound recorders, where basically it records every single gain level with every file that you make so you can't you can't really clip and you can't really be too quiet uh so basically you know outside of just listening for the mics getting hit or whatever she doesn't mm-hmm. have to do anything she just has to hit record are you uh putting like uh getting, getting lobbed or are you putting um mics on c-stands yeah, or yeah. You guys, uh... we'll we'll have lobs and then a mic on top of the camera which again leads in with the found footage found style footage. like yeah totally you could run with just the mic on the camera because that's how a lot of these kinds of things are you know it makes sense for sort of the story world that you're yeah. creating that's uh, true. And then we'll That's have cool. a, we'll have mics on a C stand where we can just for the higher sound quality. Like anytime we're really setting the camera, but yeah, mostly we'll just be running with that setup, and I, I think that should be enough. I, I get excited by you know working within parameters. I mean, independent film, you're inherently working within <laughs> per, uh, you know certain parameters, uh, just based on to whatever degree your production, like limited resources. Uh, limited mm-hmm. time, what have you. So, but then also thinking in terms of like, yeah, I have to do something that was found footage. Yeah, for me, it had to be, yeah, like I said, like if I ever came up with a concept like, oh, it would actually benefit from being a found footage film because it seems like a cool kind of a uh, sandbox to play in. Yeah, I'm definitely. definitely. And I think I think this does this does benefit from that in that there hasn't been a lot of super relationship focused found footage horror movies or horror movies in general, but especially found footage. And I feel like the found footage aspect can bring a real intimacy to these two characters in their relationship that we can then sort of use to really like twist the knife for the audience. Yeah, me watch one day I'll make a found footage movie. Everyone's just going to assume it's a horror film, but it's just a found footage movie about this couple. Going, going through some stuff and there's no i'm like oh the horror is is a, the emotional variety um it's, yeah. it's the horror comes from the fact that they just can't seem to communicate on this one issue no no one's oh okay no one's going for that all right fair enough see that's uh, that's the version that's kind of the idea that i've had i've had an idea similar to that for a while but then i just was like you know i didn't want to do something straight to that after having done 12 months obviously uh right but right, this right. appeals to me a bit more right now i do think there's still merit in that idea though exactly i know what i was half king there is something I, you could totally do with that yeah like i might i mean who knows because i guess found footage is like you know it's so tied into the horror world 
But I'm assuming there's probably been some kind of maybe not, but like a found footage film doesn't have to be horror. No, no, yeah. There's some exa- there's a few examples of other ones, yeah. But no, it's definitely been more a home for horror for sure. It's been a yeah, what I've, seven weeks? You have like you have an important thing to to you. Yeah, yeah. Around there. Yeah. When did the baby come? Well, the baby was born July 30th, but I remember I we thought he was going to come a little sooner, so I kind of said I had to take a time out like two or three weeks before. It's just getting harder yeah. to like to make to to make the time to do it, and I just knew that yeah, it was harder to schedule like right before two because we were kind of convinced he was going to come like for a little while, like maybe three weeks before then or two weeks before then. You had a lot of projects to deal with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Family, home life, whatnot, and then um, yeah, like I said before, there were certain things I was just trying to wrap up. Kind of like by mid-July, it was kind of when I tried to put uh, a pin in a lot of things. And then right now uh, is, well, which brings us to this conversation, like when I'm like, okay, starting to kind of like certain things that I life. certain things that I needed to like put on hold for a little while. Now I'm kind of like, also as part of that too, it's just like finding like, like now that I know the, our current routine, basically right now, it's, everyone's napping right now. My wife, my two sons are <laughs> napping. And so I know that this is like, I, I know the times of day when, you know, I know that this is nap time. And then I know when everyone goes to bed at night. So now I'm able yeah. to kind of like schedule certain, like I had a fir- my first like official like pre-production call with my buddy, Matt Gilliam for Breaker Breaker. For the play? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for the play slash movie. Yeah. That was. What do you mean what? play slash? So just a question on that. I thought you were doing a play first. I am, but it all kind of ties in. Like, as far as like our planning goes, the play and the movie are like intrinsically connected. And like the planning, um, especially because right now we're kind of doing like, you know, big picture. We're kind of, well, you know, all of it. But we're kind of talking about like, okay, what we're trying to accomplish, like big picture for the whole project from play yeah. to, to movie to even like, you know, we want to, you know, because it's about these musicians. So we want to have an album from that too. So we're kind of like talking about. Every all that you know, kind of like laying out like what we want to, what we want it to be, what we want to accomplish, and then obviously going in like okay, laying out the steps as producers, like how we're going to go about executing all that, uh, and just making yeah. sure we're on the same page okay. with like um, he was you know making sure that he's on the same page like what I had in mind um, from the outset because you know I've been thinking about this one for years, and so yeah, so kind of like right now our discussions of the play and are kind of like tied into the discussions of the film. And, you know, just planning, like, okay, like, how fa- how long, like, you know, something, how long after the play, ideally, do I want to shoot the movie? Are we, try- are we trying to get, like, an outside production company involved in the film? Because basically, like, with that one, and not to go too much of a tangent on it, but, like, I- essentially, I want to do the play independently. And so I can do it exactly how I want to do it, like, you know, and not have to, mm-hmm. like, cast anyone I don't want to cast or alter any elements that I don't want to alter. Like, I want to present the vision, sure. like, you know, as purely as possible. And then I would love, ideally... I wanted to re- try to bring in an outside production company or, you know, some sort of financier to help produce the movie, to finance the movie and to bring some more resources to the table. Um, and at that point, you know, I'm hoping that you were banking on trying to get some of these people in to go see the play. And then mm-hmm. hopefully they'll, you know, you know, respond enough to what they're seeing that if they do want to become involved, that they won't want to alter things, you know, all, you know, too much or in, definitely in any kind of ways that I don't want to anyway. So it's kind of like, I want to present, do the play, like just me and Matt basically producing it all directed. Mm -hmm. We're going to act in it. I'm starting to round out the rest of the cast. It's a very small cast, but like do it as a very, very, very small operation. And then we're going to present that to the world. And then hopefully get a production company involved to help bring the movie to life. So anyway, just kind of talking about all those kind of things. And he's just wondering like what I was picturing for, 
the whole thing. No, that makes sense. You're kind of you're starting to wind the whole thing back up, and and I can see what you're saying about how it's all kind of the play slash movie because it's all one grand plan. Yeah, definitely, it's all one grand plan. I have to like just kind of map it all out from here. So I'm very excited about that. So anyway, basically, I was able, you know, I had that conversation. We did that two nights ago because I knew, like, okay, this is when everyone's. Basically, now I know it's like okay, I can have conversations with people <laughs> at these at these yeah. times during these days. Uh, so figure out you, you can know, talk for more than five minutes at a time. <laughs> exactly. And the hours in between roll with the punches as best as possible. And so, you know, you're like, it's kind of like learning. I remember, you know, when, when Lyle was born, I kind of had to, again, you like figure out, you find your, you know, start finding your footing and you figure out the schedule and you're making sure what you're know, figuring out what's working for you and your partner, you know, for, for me and Chelsea and making things manageable and making sure, you know, we're, we're helping each other out. And then you kind of, I just kind of started learning how to like, okay accomplish certain goals like now that i'm like a father and that's my top and you know i've got to be as available as possible and that's like okay how how can i accomplish certain goals during the hours in between you know what i mean like figuring out how to make it work yeah and so i started you know and it's an ongoing thing but this is i mean especially for you know the years before you know they're going to, to to school like once they start preschool and whatnot then it's like okay then we have certain hours during the day where I can get more stuff done. But right now they're here with us the whole, the whole time, obviously. Anyway, you just kind of start figuring out. And now that we have, you know, Lyle and river start figuring out like, okay, like again, like I was just saying like, okay, how am I going to now make things work? Like in between the lines, so to speak of, uh, yeah, everything I got going on. So, but yeah, man, I mean, honestly, like it's crazy that it's already been, you know, he turned a month river turned a month on Sunday. Yeah. It's wild. Like I can't, yeah, the, that whole month was a beautiful blur basically. There's such a narrative behind being a parent, you know, and, you know, I don't have any illusions about it. I'm sure it is a process. So have this whole has this whole time for you been like you've just been really like hyper focused and it's just sort of like task after task. Like this is the things that you have to get done and there's not a lot of thought put into it. Has there been sort of or has it been more kind of like a lot of emotional ups and downs and like you feel bad, but you got to keep going because, you know, you you there's there's shit to get done or has it been like kind of some like combination of those two? So when you say task after task, do you mean in regards like, to you know, when what? like I'm on set, like you just have that focus, like you just like, you know what you got to do and you got to get it done. And there's not really there's not so much a huge like emotional component attached to it. You just feel good because you're doing the things you got to do. Speaking for myself, like there's moments where I'm just really struck by the fact like, oh, these are my my sons, you know, like I'm going to get to like, <laughs> I mean, I'm staying the obvious here, but there's just those moments where it's like you're kind of in awe of that fact. Yeah. And some of it's too, like, some of it, you know, as you go through the day, like you're just because it can get pretty hectic. I mean, as you can imagine, and there are moments where, like, especially when both of them are, are crying and, you know, you're trying to meet both of their needs simultaneously with me and me and Chelsea. And like we each have one of them or sometimes we'll just be like me. For, for a few minutes and sometimes it'll be her for a few minutes. We try basically try to make sure that neither one of us, like we're together with them as much as possible. And neither, like, but for instance, like I had to go to the grocery store earlier to get a few things. So I just try to make it as quick as possible. But when you're kind of having to load up on everything, like, you know, and the grocery store can be a little stressful as it is right now anyway. So, but I just kind of like, yeah. you know, that's kind of a stressful process because I'm just trying to like jet in and jet out because I want to get back to her and make sure she's not having to like, you know, be alone, you know, just, just her and them the whole, you know, for too long. Cause I know it's hard. And then the other day she had mm-hmm. to go for, you know, she had to leave for, for a few hours. And so it was just the two, all the three of us, you know, it, it always works out obviously, but we're just basically trying to make sure that, you know, again, especially right now it's 
we're still very much, you know, finding our footing. I don't feel like we have, but it's really like the first year, there's a lot of things shifting. I, I know beyond the first year too, but especially like with sleep schedules and whatnot. I remember with Lyle, like just as soon as you start to kind of like have it down, like what his nap schedule is, what his nighttime sleep schedule is, then it's going to, it's going to shift. And then like teething happens and you know, this, that, and the other, there's all kinds of like, you know, you stop swaddling them at a certain, at a certain stage and then you move them into their own room at a certain stage. So all these, you know, transitions are happening. So yeah, yeah, man, being a dad is, I mean, and I kind of always knew it would be, but now even more so now that it's it's happening, you know, it's my favorite thing in the world. And it's honestly the, the thing that I feel, I mean, it's the thing I feel like I was most like born to do, like born to be. So yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, insanely grateful. And that being said, of course, like there were times where as with, as with anything that, you know, everything that really means something to you is challenging at times. Yeah. You know, every production yeah. that we work on, every relationship and everything, like it's going to be difficult. It's going to be stressful. There's going to be times where you feel like you're hardly keeping your head above water. And so, of course, there are moments like that too. But the more, I mean, it's the same with anything. The more you can stay kind of like calm, cool, and collected in those moments and not succumb to the stress, you know, it's like with anything in life, then like, okay, you get through it. But, uh, but yeah, of course, there's those certain little patches where it's like, okay, they're both freaking out. <laughs> they both need these separate things simultaneously. And it's like, all right. And then you just try to like take a deep breath and like analyze like, okay, what do I need to do at this very moment? Can I set River down for a second and go do this thing for Lyle real fast? Or do I need to like take care of something for River first and then get to Lyle? Like, you know, you just kind of figure it out. And then it always, yeah. those rough patches like always pass, you know, you get through them. And then again, like, you know, it's nice knowing too, like in those moments too, it's like, all right, nap time is <laughs> nap time is coming up. And so you'll know you'll be able to like, okay, take a moment to like like that's when I know like I'm gonna eat and I'm gonna like check my emails and I'm gonna, you know, take care of this whatever I can within this little window of time. Today that's having this podcast with you. Thanks, bud. <laughs> but yeah, man. No, so it's yeah, I mean definitely I I would say because it's your children, like I would say like emotions are always involved but throughout the day but there are moments where like, you know, yeah, like okay, like one foot in front of the other, I gotta take care of this, take care of that, keep our heads above water. Make sure everyone's, you know, healthy and, and happy. And yeah, it's crazy, man. It's yeah, it's a crazy, beautiful ride that I, <laughs> I would highly recommend for anyone who's even remotely interested. <laughs> I'm sure it's not for, get, for everyone, but I'm yeah, get like your said, own like, child. If you want to have kids and like, and that's another thing, too, I try to like be mindful of. It's like that Chelsea and I were very fortunate to have our kids without having because you try to be careful because I know there's a lot of couples out there who like are, you know, struggle to have children. And sometimes, you know, it's, um, I try to be really sensitive to that. And like, you know, it's hard, like I don't bring up like, oh, do you guys want to have kids or whatnot? Because that can be such a, like if it's a married couple or any couple, like, you know, our age range or whatnot. Cause I don't know, yeah. you, you don't know, unless they've told you, like, you don't know what they're going through. They might've been trying for years to have kids. And Chelsea and I were just like crazy fortunate that it happened quickly and easily with both boys for us. I would, but like I said, like I would, to anyone who's, you know, interested and fortunate enough to be able to do it, I would. I would highly recommend creating a, <laughs> creating a family, procreating, creating a brood, raising some kids. It's awesome. Dude, three years ago, I was, yeah, three years ago, I was single. And then my first date yeah, with Chelsea was fast, man. September. My first date with Chelsea was September 13th, 2017. So coming up on, and then boom, here we are, married, two kids. Yeah. Never can tell. That is crazy. That is crazy. I'm excited. I mean, it's everything's going you know, obviously, there's always, you know, certain points of, of stress. Right now isn't a particularly stressful moment, you know, financially. I mean, there's always some degree of, like, 
financial stress, but right now we're doing okay. It's more kind of like thinking like ahead, like in a few months kind of thing. Like what exactly is going to be going on? What's the landscape going to be like in terms of, of work and whatnot, you know? But I know we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. We'll just, we'll see what happens. And then just also in regards to, like I was saying earlier, you know, making sure I'm juggling things to the best of my, like figuring out the best way to, cause you really like, I mean, time is always precious. Time management is always a huge thing. And that was, th- you know, when yeah. I was, when I was single and like, I was still like big, like, okay. Cause I always have a few projects going and it was still hard as was to like, okay, make sure I'm focusing on what I need to focus on. It was, it could be challenging. Like, okay, like today I need to work on this for X amount of time and this for X amount of time, so on and so forth. Um, so I know you're the same way. We both have a lot of different things going on. So it's all about figuring out like, okay, where to place my focus on any given day in order to like, you know, what I need to prioritize creatively, basically, because I've got It's kind of like you're always sort of developing a feature film, except for it's a child. <laughs> except for it's a child. Yeah. So you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you, you have to maybe take on a couple less projects than when you were oh, living no. that single life because 100%. you have one no, massive no, no, 100%. project. That's what I guess what I'm saying is like, obviously, yeah, the family is the top priority by far, of course. But then like in any time that I can like car, like again, for instance, like I got nap time. Essentially right now I got nap time. Then I got after 9.30 PM. That's the times when I can like, okay, I have the option to like be able to like to work on some, you know, creative stuff. And so it's kind of like, all right. And since I've got several things going, it's like, okay, what do I need to really, what am I really putting my, and I've, you know, right now I know what it is as far as like starting to ramp up things for Breaker Breaker. And I'm writing a new, I just started writing a new project that I'm really excited about. I'm actually kind of like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it as a feature. It could also be a book. It could potentially be a TV series. I'm figuring that out right now. And then I still got to finish editing Baby Come Home. So anyway, but yeah, it's just about to have all these interests. I have other, you know, another book idea and some other scripts that I'm kind of like, um, that I'm toying with that want to get written. So just, it can be challenging at times figuring out like, okay, where do I, what do I need to focus most on creatively right now? And the, in the brief amounts of time that I have to accomplish those things. So, yeah. I'm glad it's going good. How's, how's, how's the wife? How's she been holding up through all this? Good. I'd say she's doing really well. It's obviously the labor can be a very, you know, it's a very intense pregnancy and labor, you know, get the hormones going. It's an intense process. And then postpartum, like, you know, recovery right after. I feel like it's been overall easier for her this time around immediately after than it was with Lyle immediately after for a variety of reasons. But yeah, so she's, she's good. I mean, we're, we're definitely in, in high spirits and in love with our boys and happy to be able to be home with each other. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing I think about too. Like, you know, right now we're, we're basically home together all the time, essentially, except for when I have to go to the grocery store, she has to go somewhere for a little bit, or we're going to like her parents' house or whatnot. When we're going to her parents' house, we're still, we're basically together all the time. And right now we're able to be, but I'm thinking ahead to like, you know, in a couple months or whatnot, when I might have to like, you, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, this will be really I'm curious to see how it get like just how that's gonna because it, it's it definitely it's good for both of us to be able to be here to be with the boys and to have each yeah. other's backs. So, but when the outside world infringes upon us a bit more, if you if you will, with certain things we have to go do, that'll be interesting, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. As, again, as we did with 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 Lyle, it's good. We're obviously tired all the time, but we're tired <laughs> together all all the time. And, you know, it's great. Tired like together. those moments too, where it's like, you really feel that solidarity with your partner. I mean, in any situation, but I'd say for me, like, especially when it comes to like, you know, raising kids and you just feel like, cause it can get, obviously when you're, so, when both people are so tired and sometimes if, you know, certain moments are particularly stressful and whatnot, it can be really easy to like 
get a little snippy or whatever. Sure. But it's great when like when we're rising above that and we just feel it's like, okay, if she's getting a little stressed and I like, you know, take a breath and like just try to like stay calm and help her through it or vice versa. You know, it's nice when we and then, you know, the more that one of us can remain calm and not succumb to the stress, then that helps the other one kind of get out of the uh quicksand as it were in that moment. Anyway, it's just great. Like, yeah. I mean, it's definitely I, whatever the old adage, like they say that like having kids will like strengthen a great relationship and like uh, weaken uh, a not so great relationship. And for us, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's brought us even, even closer and made us even stronger as a couple. I mean, it's kind of like the ultimate team building <laughs> exercise, if you will. Anyway, you're about to shift gears. To, to what? Yeah, so I wanted to now that I have, then I can pick your brain uh, a little bit. You know, got any, you got any acting tips for me? You're, you're Mr. You're Mr. Actor Director. I'm oh, going to be doing man. that. I mean, it's a little bit. The process here is definitely a bit different than than you traditionally make your films, as far as I know. But still, I'd love to hear any sure any quick quick tips for the actor director. First, like a broad strokes tip for me would be uh, try not to force anything. Try not to force any emotion. I mean, there's certain moments where, depending on what the script requires, like, you know, you might need to quote unquote get there, wherever there may be. But I find it typically like to try to be more, you know, kind of sometimes the depth of good acting or honest acting, which to me, you know, it's synonymous, is when your things are result oriented, when you're just like, all right, I just got to get to this emotional place or whatnot. And you're just trying to, doggedly trying to drive towards that now you might you know mm-hmm. it's good to know where you need to get but then to kind of like wire the process so that you're more about exploring like okay where's this character at right now like with each scene i break down like what is you know the objective the intention and the main obstacles so you kind of have like your overall objective like your super objective for the whole film as a character like what does your character ultimately want and then your overall intention of like, how's your character going to go about getting what they want? And then the major obstacles, which are, okay, what's standing in the way of your character getting those things. So mm-hmm. you do that for the whole film. And then also like to break it down, like, okay, scene by scene, the objective, the intention and the obstacles. And I, I really find like when you get those things down, because thinking about each of those things really forces you to, to think about your characters, everything about your character, uh, your character's history, you know, their backstory, like what led them to this point. You know, it gets you thinking about the details of their relationship with the other person or people in the story. And so for me, like just kind of like that's something I would recommend doing is exploring those things again for the film as a whole and then scene by scene. And you'll learn a lot uh, about your character through the process. And then you can kind of know, too, like, you know, going into each scene, like, OK, like, what am I? Yeah. What do I want? How are you going to go after it? And what's kind of like standing in your way? So all and also like all that homework that you do, you do all that stuff. So essentially, like on the day when you're rolling, you can kind of throw it out the window and try not to think about it. Just have it ingrained in your mind. So then it's not about like, okay, I have to get angry on this line or I have to get sad here or whatever it may be. And then you're just able to be more in the moment. The more prepared you are, the more you're able to be more in the moment. And then you'll kind of like organically arrive like wherever you need to be. But again, yeah, I would say just don't push anything. Let it let to me something that's more something that's natural and authentic is infinitely more interesting to watch than like some kind of forced emotion. Because you can tell we've all watched things. You can tell in moments where someone's just pushing a little too hard and it just doesn't feel quite real. It takes you out of it as a viewer. Definitely. No, I I, I completely agree with that one for sure. So that's kind of like my broad. I mean, that's kind of like my I'd say, you know, my big advice. Yeah. Objective, intention, obstacles. 
And yeah, just again, like thinking as much as possible about where your character's been. And when you go into each scene, like what the prior moment was, like what you were just coming from, you know what I mean? Because no character drops into a scene like from a vacuum. We all are just coming whenever we arrive anywhere. We've just come from somewhere and we've just gone through this, that and the other, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I also find helpful and fun to do is I also like to think of a different song kind of for each scene. Because again, like, I think kind of like anything that gets you really thinking about, okay, what's going on in the scene? What's going on in the film as a whole? What's the place that, you know, what role does my character play in the, all this? Like, what, what are they, what's their function? And then you can, and then from there, like knowing where you need to get to. So yeah, knowing what you need, where you need to get to overall, then allows you to kind of like step back and do all the groundwork that gets you there again, organically. And I like thinking about like, yeah, I kind of like, uh, I tie a song into each scene. Like this song for me kind of crystallizes what's going on emotionally or thematically or whatnot with my character in this scene. Is a fun exercise and can be very helpful. And then also, again, like the characters, like Uber song, like their song for the, like, if I had to pick one song that, you know, <laughs> describes my character, that feels like my character, that gets me, like, in that that headspace. But yeah, man, I really love, yeah, getting in there and just analyzing all of it and just being as prepared as, basically just be as prepared as possible. Do you find it hard to make time for yourself as an actor on set or how do you balance those things? I, I, well, I, a lot of it comes back, like, the more prepared I am, the more once I get on set, I don't need a lot of time to get where I need to be. Like, you know, sometimes you might need to take a minute or two or whatever, but if you show up really prepared, then you're ready to like to dive into it at the drop of a hat. And it's very helpful too. Then when you wind up, like when I act in other people's things, like I'm able to pivot and to jump into a scene like pretty quickly because I've learned how to, because when I show up to set, I'm very prepared. So I've learned how to really manage, maximize my time so that I can like dive right into it. Like if, if the director like changes up, like, oh, we're going to do this scene now, or we're going to do, or whatever it may be, or we just need to do this take like right after the previous one or whatever. Yeah. I can pretty easily like, act, get into that headspace because when I'm directing and acting, I don't have time to like, okay, I can't be like, all right, guys, I need 15 minutes or whatever. It's like, no, you got to dive into it right then and there. So, is there any part of the directing process you feel yourself sort of like maybe stepping away from a bit while you're acting or maybe not engaging with as much because it interferes with your acting? That's an interesting question. I, I would say, because you could do have to be able to snap in and out. Like if you, you know, as soon as you say action, then you've got to be in the character's headspace when you're in the scene. And then you got to be there up until cut. And then in between, like, then you can uh, have to snap out of it and look at things, you know, from a directorial standpoint. But also I find that like, if I'm in the moment, and I'm in this and things are working, then like, I'm not thinking as a director, like while we're rolling, you know, while the scene is happening. But mm-hmm. if something needs to be adjusted, then it'll kind of like tickle my brain, so to speak, while shooting the scene. It'll like, you know, I'll, I'll clock it. It'll register for me. And then I try to dismiss it and keep doing, being in the moment in the scene. And then once we, you know, call cut, then I, I make that adjustment and then dive back in. So I don't know. It's hard to say like if I, if there's, cause I've done so much like acting and directing simultaneously that I don't know if there's like a part of directing that I feel like I'm stepping away from. I mean, obviously when you're in the scene, you're not also watching the scene from that outsider perspective. But again, but if you know, like, you know, you know what the shot is, of course, and you have, you know, your DP is aware of what you're going for. You know, you might want to check playback after the first take or whatever it may be, whatever you have time for to make sure that the composition or, you know, the the camera work is how you want it to be. The lighting is right. If you want to, you know, clock. Do you watch playback much? Yeah, I mean, there's certain instances where you might like, okay, I need to like, just depending on the nature of the shot, like go back and, and check that real fast. But like, let's say, for instance, like if it's, a, and I shoot a lot to camera also. So let's say it's two shots that are relatively locked off, like a, you know, a single on a single. And I, uh-oh, hold on one second. 
The baby is up. Yes. But yeah, if it's like basically like two locked off singles, then you know, and I again like when you're when you're like if the performances aren't working or some aspect of it's not working, that'll pull you out of it in the scene. Like you'll clock it, you know what I mean? You'll keep doing the scene unless you just have to stop in the middle of the take for whatever reason. Yeah. Like if it's if things are so off track, they're like, okay, let's just go ahead and let's make this let's stop, let's make this note, make this adjustment, and then restart. Um, but if it's uh, work, if it's working, do you feel like you get, you're a good judge of your own performance? It's such a tricky question. I, I mean, obviously this is all. Well, and, and also related. Do you like watching yourself, or do you do you do you are you self conscious and sort sure, of cringing sure. when you watch? Yourself? I feel like, and this might be it's a tough one to say. I feel like overall, I'm a good judge of my own performance. Yeah, because so I've definitely seen takes where I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> but I've also seen takes where I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like everything I watch of myself. I'm like, that's total crap. Like some people might, you know, tying into like what you're just asking. Like, do I mind watching myself? Like some people would probably hate watching themselves. Or just not be accustomed to it. And so they would be like, fuck, everything I'm doing sucks. Or they might just think that they're the greatest and like whatever. And that they're like, oh, this is all pure gold. So since I'm able to see the good and the bad and the everything in between and acknowledge it as such, like I think I'm a pretty good judge of my own performances. And I don't mind watching myself now because I'm just, I've done it for so long. I used to really mind it. I used to not like it at all. And then, you know, it's like with anything, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. Like at first, sometimes it's just kind of like a shock to the system. Like, this is what I sound like. This is what I look like. This is what how I come off when I'm trying to act like this or like that or like whatever. You know, I remember going through like a lot of that in high school. But then I just kind of kept doing it. And so there are moments, though, like, you know, if you're feeling like a little insecure or whatever because of other things going on in your life or whatnot. If you're just kind of feeling like in a certain headspace where you're like devaluing yourself or what you're doing as an artist, then yeah, you might be a little overly critical and hard, it might be hard to watch yourself in certain moments. But, you know, for the most part, no, I, I don't, I don't mind it. But it might be that being said, like, you know, if this is your first time. Well, I know you've done some, a little bit of acting, but and your stuff. But I mean, if this is your first time really watching yourself like as a lead, as a major character in a film of yours, it, it might be a little jarring at times. Yeah. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there'll be like, you know, a learning curve, some growing pains. Oh, you know, for sure. But we've yeah. been doing a lot of rehearsals and recording them all. So I've been trying to, you know, that's smart. Numb myself to to the pain of watching myself and, and get past that whole thing uh, so that, yeah, I can be more objective and make good decisions as a result. That's smart. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you'll be fine. I'm excited, man. I'm really excited for you. Like, I'm excited to see, like, you know, I think any, anytime, I mean, pretty much, you know, I mean, anytime we make a film, like we're challenging ourselves, obviously, but it's always nice too to like, you know, and you're kind of inherently, I think, stepping out of a comfort zone, so to speak, because no matter how many times you might have done it, like you're still kind of really putting yourself out there. Oh, I'm so goddamn uncomfortable. When you're directing, when you're on set? Well, no, when, when I'm when I'm directing, not so much. I mean, like you said, there's always stress making a movie, but doing this and doing the acting thing is oh yeah, yeah, uncomfortable yeah. for me. No, it's it's great. I think it's I think it's really healthy to do things that you haven't done before, essentially, and to, like to challenge yourself and to do just something scary and to shake things up like that. So no, it's it's cool. Like right now, like I'm terrified of like I'm you know learning guitar, learning to play guitar, and I got to take vocal lessons and whatnot for Breaker Breaker. Scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? But that that's a good, to me, that's a good feeling. Like knowing, you know, doing something that's absolutely um, horrifying <laughs> in an extent. And because, you know, I've had that feeling a lot over the years. And it's always been tied to like projects that have been particularly challenging and rewarding. That feeling of like, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. 
So I really welcome it at this point. Obviously, I'm trying my best. I'm trying to make the best movie possible. We're trying to set us set ourselves up for success as much as possible. But the final outcome of the film, whether it you know breaks big for us or makes a lot of money or whatever, a lot of that stuff's really outside of my control. And I certainly can't predict it with any high level of certainty. But I know that if I do something that's very challenging, that's very much pushing me outside of my comfort zone, like I'm going to change and I'm going to yeah. be rewarded by the experience no matter what those results are. So yeah, totally. Those, those are the kinds of questions you want to be asking of life. Like, I think that's how you live a fulfilling life is by pushing yourself into those interesting, challenging, fulfilling kind of spots and allowing yourself yeah. to fail and fear and grow. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, not letting, yeah, doing things that you have conviction about, no matter how scary they are, embracing challenge and not letting fear like prevent you from doing something that you know on a gut level, you know, this is going to be fulfilling for a variety of reasons. So yeah, man. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just very excited for you. I'm proud of you for, for doing that, for taking that plunge. I think it's cool. Well, any final thoughts before we, before we... Yeah, final thoughts. So many, so many thoughts. Clint, well, how, I mean, how are you doing in general? The last month, six weeks has just been all focused on this film and that feels cool. great. feels amazing, you know, and That's I, awesome. you know, there's all the uncertainty and stress and I fucking hate pre-production. It's my least favorite part of the process just because there's always so much anxiety associated with yeah. pre-production. Yeah. But, you know, it's all worth it at the end of the day for me every time, every time uh, going through all this. So... You know, those are negative feelings, right? Those are negative feelings associated with making a movie, but ultimately they do not make the process of making movies unfulfilling for me. And um, I'm just very excited to sort of just jump in with this thing and go for like close to three weeks straight yeah. of movie making. Yeah. Let's see. Another final thoughts. Uh, you seen anything uh, good lately or anything that's really uh, jumped out at you? Nah, man, it's been all been so. F- I've been watching like nonstop found footage films. <laughs> so, gotcha, gotcha, uh, gotcha. Makes sense. Although I did watch one that you might, I think, you know, um, I don't know. You haven't talked much about horror. I don't think you're too big of a horror guy. But Exhibit A, it's on Amazon Prime uh, for free, and I think it's more in line with like what you're talking about. And I think it ha- it has some flaws for sure. Most of all, the title. I think, but it definitely has some flaws. It was, it's a found footage movie. Uh, it's kind of older, you know, but I think you should check it out if you've been thinking about, if you've been having a found footage movie playing in the back of your mind. <laughs> I think this is more along the lines of what you're talking about. And I think it, you know, it really kicks ass at a lot of the things it's doing. And it's just very emotional cool. and heartbreaking in a lot of different ways. So, cool. Zimide. And yeah, in regards to horror, no, I wouldn't call myself like I'm not like a horror guy by nature. I do have a lot of respect. <laughs> I do like enjoy watching horror movies. I don't do it a lot. I mean, it's not like the genre that I go to the most, but I love it. I mean, I love a great movie in any genre. And, some, you know, with horror, too, it's fun sometimes to watch the ones that are uh, extra schlocky or campy or whatnot, too. So I do I do enjoy them a lot. And I do also like want to work on more of them. As an actor and as a as a writer director, I'm definitely interested in the genre. But yeah, I can't like my buddy Brad Ellis, who's you know I mean I've been working with him for 25 years. Like he's definitely a horror guy, big time. And then my buddy Matt Mercer is also definitely a horror guy. I mean these are guys who know the genre pretty inside and out. So now Brad did get me or got me, he got Lyle a uh, a Freddy Jason Michael Myers uh, onesie. Like a year ago, so <laughs> nice. Got that. Got that. Good call. Good call. <laughs> but no, I think it's cool. I also love how much horror fans, like you know, kind of like seem to like band together, and these the community is like so strong. How excited they get about about horror films. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, I'm really cool to see what you, what you do in that realm as well. And then I was just trying to think of what I've, uh, show wise, I'm chipping away at the shield here and there as I can, which is quite good. Uh, I'm early, I mean, I'm early into season two, so I'm quite a ways behind. There's seven seasons. There are lots ended, of good things. It ended 12 years ago. <laughs> but uh, Stealing but yeah. 10 minutes here and there when you can. Exactly. That's kind of like my... Uh, when I, Basically, it's like when everyone else is asleep and I, I'm able to watch, yeah, like 20, 30 minutes or something. Because sometimes like, I wish I could just sleep right then. But again, when he's sleeping in the docketot, I have to, you know, be awake and looking at him, basically. <laughs> or like, you know, keep glancing over at him. Yeah. So then I'm like, all right, I'll watch, you know, some of this for a little while while I'm, while I'm doing that before I, I'm able to go to sleep. So, yeah, The Shield is kind of like what I'm watching right now. And then Chelsea and I, like right before he was, uh, River was born, we saw uh, Palm Springs on Hulu, which is great. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, man. So good. Yeah. I went to the drive-in theater to see it. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. So the project I was talking about earlier that I'm like, I definitely want to do it as a movie. I could also see maybe doing it as a book and possibly as a TV series is one that like, so realistically, I, I want to do one that's a genre that I haven't really done before was like more of a family-oriented kind of film. Like I'm thinking along the lines of like, like these certain movies that they used to make, like Back to the Future is a great example of a film. The whole family would kind of go to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was for adults, but it was also for kids. It kind of had something for everyone. There aren't a lot of movies like that, right? I mean, maybe there are. I mean, I'm just not aware of them. But um, I was like, ah, oh, it'd be cool to do one like kind of in that realm, kind of like um, a somewhat family-friendly kind of adventure fantasy whatnot that dealt with like, you know, the kind of movies that like, I used to like daydream about making like when I was a kid, but kind of like bring True. my... <laughs> emotional maturity or whatnot my life experience that i've had like to that kind of that kind of film and the things that i you know i think of now as an adult and the things the way that i look back at my childhood and the things i can remember feeling at my childhood as well and kind of like bring all that into the mix and tell a story in that genre kind of like a young adult genre essentially so i've got an idea that i'm really excited about so that's been fun kind of delving into to that and kind of bringing my own spin to my you know my character driven spin to all that and then uh oh yeah and i just had a, i was in um this movie called don't read this on a plane that just premiered at dances with films last over the weekend oh cool congratulations thanks man i didn't see it yet i didn't get a chance to watch it but i will at some at some point but uh yeah i was really glad that that uh got out there you know how much you know love that festival i'm excited to see that film and then cold feet's about to screen at the buffalo international film festival in a month so i'm kind of curious to see how you know and they're doing the whole virtual festival thing like how that experience goes and then yeah, excited to, like it was a great like pre-production call with Matt Gilliam on Monday night, and really excited to kind of like be diving back into that. This has been great, like having this conversation with you right now, and kind of like starting to to work these things like you know gradually like back into the the mix of my life, as it were. So yeah, man, all good things. Yeah, well, I'd like to uh, in a week or two, if we can, you know, while I'm in the middle of production and really in the shit on one of our off days, if we can schedule some time for another podcast, I'd love to keep it going and, yeah, you know, document a bit the making of this movie and the, the raising of this new baby. All right, man. Well, hey, dude, uh, congrats. I'm excited for you. Uh, have a great uh, launch production launch on friday and i'm rooting for you and i'm looking forward to hearing how it goes yeah thanks dude thanks for making some time and uh you know take care of yourself and we'll be talking soon all right you too buddy talk to you soon better all right later 
So coming out of that conversation, that happened a little more than two years ago now. And uh, it struck me while I was listening to the recording, Alan. I was just curious, what happened with Breaker Breaker? Because it seemed like y'all had a lot of momentum around that time. And to my recollection, I can't remember hearing about the play being a go or some big stopping point. So so I was curious if, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's still a work in progress, basically. Even when we recorded that conversation, I kind of knew it'd be at least a couple years before um, the play and or movie would be done. And yeah, just, you know, life keeps happening. The good and the bad, mostly the good. And so, uh, yeah, we're still working on it. We just, uh, we're very busy. So we're finding, as with everything, as is one of the running themes of the show, it's all about, you know, we're, we're finding the time, trying to carve out the time to make it happen. And, you know, just keeping our, our, our eye on, you know, on the prize with it as well. And knowing that like, if we keep chipping away, that it'll eventually happen. Cause look, dude, it's already been 10 years since I came up with the idea for this. So it's not going anywhere in terms of, I won't let go of it and I'm going to bring it to fruition. And so we're working on that. But yeah, we're just we're just busy. So doing our best, you know, because it kind of seemed like y'all were on the cusp of doing the play at the time of this recording. Is there was there did you you and Matt have to have like a conversation about, hey, we need to set this aside or push this back for now or or did anything like that happen? When we recorded that conversation, I was like, OK, we'll probably do the play in a year, a year and a half. We were kind of in the very early stages of planning the whole enterprise. And then, yeah, as you know, then there was a fire in the apartment next to ours, my family and I. So we had to leave and that became a four and a half month. Like it was a, that was a very, very, very painful and difficult time. And then, yeah. And then we're just, we're just busy. So we're just trying to make it happen. Right now, as we stand in November 2022, do you have any sort of timeline for Breaker Breaker in your mind? Or is there other projects that have kind of like stepped ahead of it? I know where I'm at with a variety of projects. Like the script I got to finish right now. And then as soon as that's done, I got to get back on the edit of Baby Come Home, which is also taking a long time. And I got to get back on the next draft of Breaker Breaker. And then from there, you know, Matt just had uh, another baby, uh, the second, uh, the little girl, uh, less than two months ago. So they're obviously very busy. We've got our little girl coming up in five months. So, you know, we're just kind of, uh, we just kind of have to shift around our lives and, <laughs> and like make it work. But yeah, no, I have no timeline right now. I just know the things I need to take care of right now and that Matt and I will reconvene when we're able to and formulate a clearer timeline for moving forward. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps it up for episode 10. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you guys. You can contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com, where you'll find more information about us and what we do as coaches and consultants, as well as links to our Patreon and social media pages. Yeah, we'd love to hear from any of y'all. You know, if you got any feedback, like to hear anything different, have suggestions for a topic that we can cover or have any questions, you can also reach out to us on social media. You can follow me at Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Clinton Cornwell. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N. C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R and on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. Uh, also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, the Roku channel, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Being Awesome, Save Yourself, and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Bad Men on Amazon. 
One last quick reminder, me and Alan are both creative coaches and consultants. So if you're feeling like you need some support in your life to get yourself creatively into gear or you're feeling like you want to refine some of your skills, techniques, and creative endeavors, we're here for you. So hit us up if you would like a free 30-minute consultation. Thank you again to our editor, Mr. Mike Jimenez, for his wonderful work. And thank you to all all of our friends and families for their love and support. Couldn't do this without y'all. We have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwell and Alan C. Gardner with the Story Life Podcast. (laughs) Take care. Thank you. Thank you.